0: From time to time, I love to share with you guys interviews of other podcasts where I've been able to share more of my story. On this week's episode, I was featured on Disrupt the Everyday Podcast with Brian and Tanya Hamilton. They are a beautiful couple that are helping to navigate life while disrupting the status quo. On this episode, we discuss how gratitude and faith have helped to make resilience my superpower. And overcome difficult times, including the loss of my sister. I also share how I found my voice and I'm using it to impact others through coaching, speaking, and as an author. Hope you enjoy. I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing, so get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the A My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but I'm interested more in her backstory and the mindset that got her there. Today's guest is me. <laughs> Let's jump right in.
1: So, one of the questions we like to start off with here is asking you who is Makini Smith?
0: <laughs> that is a very, very loaded question. <laughs> um, interesting enough, I, I start my podcast by asking my guests the meaning of their names because their names have meaning. So, I guess I'll start there. Okay. So, Makini it swahili for strength of character and my my parents jamaican background uh, my father had a love for i'm going to say african descent names so most of his children have african descent names but growing up they told me that my name meant beautiful one so i you know as a little kid i felt really excited about my name when people would say oh that's an interesting name what does it mean but i realized that as we get older as adult, and we start to dig deeper into a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we learned growing up that were not true. And my name, like I said, growing up and realizing that it meant strength of character, it was at a time when I was digging more into personal development and getting more into the truth of who I am, what I want to be, digging into the truth of other people's stories. So... Makini stands for strength of character. I am a mother of three. I'm an award-winning entrepreneur. I'm a certified mindset coach for my mentor, Bob Proctor. And I am a four-time author. And I have a five-star rated podcast that I found out recently is in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts in the world, which kind of blew my mind. <laughs> but um, I've had the blessing of interviewing you know, at this point between the podcast and my Instagram, over 150 women and getting them to share their stories and their truth and how our stories of resilience can actually inspire another person and give another person comfort to know that they're not alone. So majority of the things that I do within the brand are, you know, helping other people to amplify their stories and use their stories as tools to build more impactful personal brands. And at the end of the day, everyone has resilience within us, but it's like a muscle that we need to strengthen. So the focus is on using our, our stories of resilience to help strengthen each other as a community.
1: Yeah, and I can totally appreciate that. And when I came across your name on Instagram, you know, and started researching what you were all about and your brand, I can definitely appreciate that. And one of the reasons why I asked for you to come on the show is to talk because It's so true what you said. We all have a story. It's all going to be different, but we all have something to bring to the table and to share it, right? And maybe not on as big a platform as you or others, but somebody can always benefit from it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I'm really thankful that you're here with us today. So, a question I have for you I know your story is unique, but I know it can resonate with many. So, can you take us back to around 16 years ago, maybe even a little longer? And walk us through your stilettos. So there's a little <laughs> shout out to your brand. And uh, just share with us how you got to where you are today. Wow.
0: So I'm trying to think back to 16 years ago. I'm like, I think that was just before I had my son. <laughs> the, t- the time flies, honestly. Um, I blinked and realized that I think it's been almost 12 years now that I've been a full-time entrepreneur. So it's like, where was I 16 years ago? <laughs> I-, I guess let's... Take it back to, I'm going to say 2012, we'll go from there to get to to where I am presently. In 2012, I lost my sister and we were almost seven years apart. And she was not only my sister, but my best friend. She was a source of inspiration to me. She was someone that looked, that I looked up to and someone that advocated for me before I realized I had my own voice. And I had gone through a divorce in 2009 from, I'm going to say, a toxic relationship. And my sister was my source of my main source of support. Not only did she move in with me to help me with the three kids as a single mom, but she helped me, I'm going to say, develop a closer relationship with God and dig into, I guess, a place of service and not looking at myself as a victim, but more of like the victor. So when she passed away in 2012, suddenly um, I had to look at the legacy that I wanted to leave behind, how I wanted to be remembered, because I had people reaching out to me, letting me know how she made them feel, the, the positive things that she had done for them, how she had supported them when their family didn't, how she had supported them and showed up for them when they were starting their business or having a child or, you know, going through a rough time just by sending them motivational videos and quotes. And I slowly started to emulate some of her qualities, the things that others admired that I also admired. And I started to evolve into a different person and it opened up the doorway for me to meet thought leaders and pastors and other people that could change the trajectory of my own path. And in doing so, when I was digging and doing my own healing, I grew up. I'm going to say a a deeper understanding of grief and feelings and resilience and, you know, how we function as people and how our minds work. And that made me look at, wow, like everybody should know this information. Like, why are we, you know, struggling and suffering when there's information out here to help us get through these things. And then I started to transition from, I was doing real estate full-time at the time and realized that my love for helping others to heal was way stronger than, you know, what I was doing in real estate. And going through that that journey of, I guess, when I decided to share my own story and write my own book, and then that's when I met Bob Proctor and his wife, Linda, and his daughter, Colleen. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Bob Proctor is, but he's one of the thought leaders featured in the documentary, The Secret, but that kind of blew my mind and opened me up to, more of what is possible and how the the present circumstances that i am in doesn't have to be what it is and that we do have some power in controlling our future or rewriting our narrative or telling our own stories for ourselves and not allowing other people to do so and i just started to walk in that and as i started coaching and you know sharing my journey i was being requested to speak on different media platforms globally across Canada, the US, South Africa, it just like blew my mind that, you know, people wanted to hear my story. (laughs) And the more that I opened up, the more that it opened up doors for other women that started to reach out to me. And they were in my DMs and my emails. And at the time, my phone number was on the internet. So they were calling and everyone wanted to share how they connected to my story and how it felt like I was telling their story and how my transparency had allowed them to no longer feel shame in what they were going through and that they weren't alone. And I, I I just opened up to that. And I realized there are so many people out here that have stories that could be a blueprint for someone else that can help someone else get through what they're going through, but they don't know how to share their story. So my brand became the platform to help others share their story. So as much as, you know, My four books have allowed me to amplify my story. It's allowed me to help other women to get their stories out there, to document their journey, to publish their books. You know, the podcast, I didn't, I'm going to say, I I didn't expect it to grow to what it grew to. It was really just an extension of me sharing my story. And I was like, how can I help others share theirs? And I started the podcast because I didn't, I'm going to say, I didn't feel comfortable producing video content most people don't realize how shy and introverted I actually am. So I, I shy away from, from from video. So I stepped into the conversations of the podcast and realized the strength in our stories. I realized the similarities in our stories, no matter what a woman's background is or her experience or her traumas, how we could still connect to that story. And, you know, it's just been such a beautiful journey. I, I can't even tell you, like, I feel like, there are some days where I'm like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I walking the right path? And then I get that confirmation, whether it be from a client or someone who's listened to the podcast, letting me know how it's changed or affected their lives. And I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. So I'm going to say, that's how I got to where I am today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah. It's just interesting too that. in in you know, your, I guess, journey to really discover and and magnify your own voice that you were able to help so many others to do the same
0: yeah I didn't I didn't believe that I had a voice before and maybe because it was that you know that shy quiet girl in me and I guess maybe old school Caribbean background children are you know supposed to be seen and not heard and me <laughs> never speaking up about you know my feelings and allowing my sister to advocate for me even with my own parents my mom used to call her my lawyer because I couldn't speak up for myself. So when she passed, I was forced to speak up for myself and realize that I had a voice inside, but also realize there are so many women that feel silent or broken by the fact that they don't know how to use their voice and showing them the strength and tapping into that voice.
1: Yeah. And your recent um, Instagram post from Today, actually, it says it stuck out to me. So I thought that I wanted to share it. When we connect with others, we're also encountering their trauma and past experiences, handle people with care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so true, right? And it goes back to everything you've just said. Like we there's everybody has something that's gone yeah. on. Right. We don't know because now look like we're running into you on this end of your life. Right. Not 12 years ago. So if people don't share, we don't know what's gone on. Right. So thank you for, you know, being open, you know, and putting yourself out there to share that those, you know, stories that have happened in your life.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I feel like at the end of the day, like you said earlier, you know, not everyone has to if they don't choose to, you know, share on huge, you know, big platforms. But at the end of the day, whether you find the confidence to share your story with a family member or a loved one, like that domino effect of Being vulnerable with someone, getting to know someone on a deeper level, getting to understand someone on a deeper level helps us, you know, engage with other people and have stronger relationships and confidence to pursue our dreams and and things even more. So, you know, it's, I, I don't know, I just feel very passionate about people's stories. And I feel like at the end of the day, every single one of us has a story. We may not feel, some people may not feel like their story is big enough to share on a big platform or that it's, you know, extravagant enough to build a story around. But at the end of the day, your story is your story and no one really knows the depth of your experiences or the things that you've gone through. But when you approach every single person, you are dealing with all of their past experiences, any trauma that they've had, anything that they have encountered. So, Dealing with people from a place of empathy, dealing with people from a place of love rather than judgment or criticism. Like you have no idea what you see, you know, on the surface of someone when you look at someone. And most times, especially as women, we're very great at dressing up on the outside, you know, doing the hair, the nails, the makeup, covering it all up when inside we have these pieces that we're afraid to address or share from whether it be discomfort or shame or the paradigm of, you know, sweeping things under the rug and not dealing with things. But if you take the time to handle someone with care and approach them from a place of love and empathy and let them know that they are seen, heard, and understood, you open up the doorway for so much more.
1: I was going to ask a question from mom to mom. How did you balance, you know, the entrepreneur life, especially when the kids were younger? And how do you balance it now?
0: So uh, I, I laugh at the, the term balance sometimes, because I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we can drop the ball in certain areas and we're focusing on one thing. But I found a formula that works for me. And um, I laugh when I tell people this. I'm like, it involves a lot of F words, but it's not the ones you think. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, first and foremost, you know, I, I put my, my faith at the front of everything and then I mean, when it comes to even scheduling, well, pre-COVID, you know, making sure that I made that time to to go to church on Sundays and Bible study on Wednesdays and my time during the day for prayer, that was a priority. And then the other F would be family. So, you know, things that I needed to do with the kids, whether it be, you know, their activities for school or making dinner or, you know, dentist appointments or what have you. And then the third one would be finances. So that's my business. So I scheduled my business around my schedule with the kids, especially as a full-time entrepreneur. So I made sure that I fit in what was important to me as a mom to be able to be there for them, especially as I'm going to say a single mom who is a full-time entrepreneur who could have, you know, overly busy schedule, but I didn't want them to feel like they weren't important. So I would allow my clients to book in the spaces where I'm available. So my kids, things were you know, priority on the the calendar. And then the other F would be, that's when you make time for friends and fun. So based, you know, with what's left on (laughs) the schedule. So priorities, you know what I mean? Um, So that's how I was able to quote unquote balance. A lot of the things I did in the beginning when they were small, I mean, when I first became a single mom, my son was four and he is now 15. So You know, the the kids range in age and presently my eldest is 23, my middle daughter is 19 and my son is 15. So, you know, back then they were small and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy to be a full-time entrepreneur while being a full-time single mom. And I didn't want them to feel like everything that I was doing was sacrificing them but I wanted them to see the sacrifices I was making for them. So I would include them in a lot of things. My kids came with me to book signings. They came with me to events to set up and, you know, help me set up with books and things. Even before I transitioned into personal development, when I was selling real estate, um, there were many times I brought them to open houses or to show, you know, showings with houses. So they were included in things. And now that they're older, I mean, my my eldest will do a lot of things that help with, with the brand in terms like she's very, very creative. So she's like my personal photographer. So she does a lot of um, you know, things for for the brand there. My middle daughter, who is currently you know, a huge social influencer. I think she's almost hit a million on TikTok. And like, I don't know, I've lost count, like 800,000 on Twitter. I'm not, t- sorry, um, Instagram. But like, she educates me on how to use social media so that I'm using it effectively for my brand. Um, my son is very open and honest. So he'll give me feedback on things that I'm posting or things that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <because> <laughs> the, you know, the honest feedback where, you know, only, only the people in your house will give to you. <laughs> So I still include them in a, in a lot of things so it's 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 been a beautiful journey it's definitely been a challenge but it's a beautiful journey
2: now obviously the the last thing that you kind of hit on there was the challenges and i'm sure it hasn't been smooth sailing obviously it hasn't been smooth sailing throughout the whole process so i'd ask you kind of a weird question and i just you know ask that you entertain this one with me uh, do you have a favorite failure and i mean by that is there something that was a, a setback for you that you know, you were able to grow from or able to learn from that you still, you know, you can kind of probably in the moment it was difficult, but now when you look back at it, you realize that it was necessary.
0: My divorce?
1: (laughs) That came really quick.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, it, it came quick because of the way in which you asked the question, because you know, sometimes when I'm having conversations with other people and we're talking about divorce or breakup or things like that, they're like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I was like, mm, I'm not because uh, there are things that I had to learn as a person. There were things that it taught me about myself. And I believe that nothing is necessarily bad unless we say it's bad. Like there's good in all things and there's bad in all things. So although the divorce was very stressful and it was not, you know, it was not an easy process um, in terms of personal development. It developed me as a person to learn patience. It developed me as a person to learn about expectations. It developed me as a person to learn about what I can handle in terms of handle, you know, with being a parent, handle with, um, you know, managing, balancing, Entrepreneurship and parenthood while going through a divorce. You know, it showed me so many things. And I have to say, there was even a point before the divorce was finalized where I had to come to a place where I realized even the energy that I was putting out there because I was very emotional and I got to a point where I was feeling like bitter and resentful and all these negative emotions. And I had to switch my perspective on the whole experience. And when I started to genuinely wish, my ex-husband well and want him to find happiness with someone and want him to grow as a person himself. That's when the energy around me started to shift. That's when I started to do better within my business. That's when my health started to improve my, you know, my friendships and relationships because I wasn't coming from that low vibrational um, energy. It was genuinely wanting to Not live in my present circumstance and genuinely wanting the best for everyone around me and realizing that even though my relationship with him did not work out, he is still a father of my child and we still have to learn to coexist for many years after this. (laughs) And if I want this to be a process that isn't hurting everyone involved, then there were some things that I had to learn about myself and be able to, and I don't want to say sacrifice in a, in, in a sense of, you know, laying down and taking it, but not everything is worth an argument. Not everything is worth the stress. I think that when I understood that he is just a different person, we function differently. We came from different perspectives, different backgrounds, different beliefs, different faith. It's like the more that I understood and was patient enough to try and coexist with him, the easier it was for me to understand and coexist with other people out in the world.
1: Uh, I like that. And I think it's looking at just, it's all point of view, right? Absolutely. So you've written four books. I would love to focus on your gratitude journal Mm -hmm. and I I don't know offhand. So I'll have to ask, when did uh, that book come out?
0: So uh, I believe the Gratitude Journal was published in
1: 2017. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, what is your definition of gratitude? <laughs> when,
0: how do I say this? I feel like when we are thankful, um, when we show appreciation and a return of kindness for people around us and the things that we have, we can express gratitude.
1: So what led you to writing this book?
0: Uh, So the Gratitude Journal was my third book. So the first book was me sharing my story. My second book was inspired by the community of people that reached out after the first book, letting me know like, wow, your story was so inspiring. How are you still able to be so positive? And that was really a compilation of like the affirmations and declarations that I used to get through what I was going through. And then because of my mentor, Bob Proctor, and the importance of practicing gratitude that he has instilled in me, I created a gratitude journal because I was, I was essentially practicing gratitude actively on my own, like in a, a notebook. But because of the importance and how I felt it was making me feel and the benefits that it was having in my life. I created a gratitude journal that's prompted so that other people could understand the importance of practicing gratitude and how they can use that to maintain a healthier life through mind, body and soul, and to make it easy for them, because it's essentially, you know something that can take you five minutes a day. It's simple, but it can have such a huge impact on your life.
1: And I think it's one thing to say what we're grateful for. I, to be honest, I don't practice writing it out, but I can definitely see the benefits (laughs) Mm -hmm. of having these things written out, right? Because in those times, the low times, I would be able to go back to that and look and pull out, okay, this is what I was thankful for, grateful for, right? So I can see that.
0: Well, there's a huge, and in science um, and research shows that when we actually write things down manually by hand, like not you know, type them into a, a digital <laughs> device, that it can have a huge impact on our brains. And through everything that I've studied, you know, understanding mindset, when you write things down, it for it it causes you to think. And when you're thinking, it causes you to feel. And when you're feeling, you know, that causes that emotional reaction causes you to take some type of action. And that action is where our results come from that action that is like the that's where things happen so it's it's important for us to realize the importance of actually writing things down by hand
2: now i want to kind of make a a, a transition here because you talked about the first 3 books can we talk about the fourth
0: <laughs> sure why not <laughs> <laughs> So interesting enough, um, the fourth book is a couple's gratitude journal. And that book was inspired by the relationship that I was in at the time. So the partner that I was with saw me writing every single day in my gratitude journal. And they saw how I was basically religiously every morning, you know, writing things down. And I was making it a part of my morning routine. And one day he said, have you ever thought about creating a couple's version? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he suggested that I, I, I do so. And within a matter of a month, um, I put together a couple's version to come out in time for Valentine's that year. And basically it's a gratitude journal that you use with your partner. So on one side is for one person on on the other side of the page is for the other. And you're not only writing what you're grateful for, for the day, but you're writing what you're grateful for about your partner. Um, Because, Oftentimes, when you're in a relationship, things can get monotonous and you're in a routine, and sometimes you forget to make time for each other. So, it's literally making sure that you're on the same page. There are um, at the end of, I believe it's at the end of every week or month, where it's like an evaluation of the relationship, you know, things that you feel that you may be able to improve on, things that, you know, you are good with. There's sections in there to leave a note for your partner, just, you know, something. Uh, kind or sweet or a reminder of something maybe an appointment or a, you know date night that week or so it's really a place for you to share the and actually share and document uh the the greatness
1: of your relationship nice and actually to go with that um you write about affirmations and the one that I saw that stuck out to me I am rich in relationships and love
0: <laughs> that is my favorite affirmation. Yeah, I I believe when it comes to, you know, we talk about as a society wealth a lot and most people automatically think about financial wealth when they, you know, when you talk about wealth, but I believe that it's important to be wealthy in all areas of your life. And we don't realize how important our relationships are to our financial wealth, uh, to our spiritual wealth, you know, our emotional wealth. So Being wealthy in relationships and love allows you to, to function from a high vibration. It allows you to function from, to function from a place of love, but then you feel better about yourself and everything around you. You know, when we're, when we're happy, it shows, you know, if you ask someone how they're doing and they're really happy and really excited, their response isn't going to be, yeah, I'm good. Like that's a low vibration. (laughs) response, right? right? So if you feel good in the, all of your relationships and you are rich and in, in love and know that the relationships that you have around you are helping you to thrive and you're helping them to thrive. When someone is like, Hey, how you doing? I'm, like, I'm good. Like I am fantastic. You know what I mean? You, you function from a different type of energy.
2: Now, I, I kind of want to take a, a trip down memory lane. And if you can think back to when you found yourself as a, you know, I guess as a newly single mom, because I, I'm sure there's people listening to us who are in that same boat. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you have given to yourself in that situation?
0: <laughs> um, I would have definitely said, "Just keep going. They may not understand, but you'll show them." When I became a new single mom, I had just come from a place of being a stay-at-home mom for four and a half years and i was in a relationship where my ex-husband was the primary breadwinner and he had multiple streams of income and his main job he was making you know over six figures so we lived a very comfortable lifestyle you know regular travels multiple cars properties you name it and when i left when i decided that i had had enough Everyone around me thought it was crazy. Nobody understood. They looked from the outside and said, you were walking away from financial stability. You were walking away from what they believed was a good life. You know, you were walking away from, they looked at the material things and I was looking at my sanity. I was looking at my spirituality and I was looking at what I wanted my kids to see because that's going to shape their view of relationships for the rest of their life. And staying in a relationship where I was constantly verbally, emotionally, psychologically abused until the day he put his hands on me, that would have set a completely different example to them. And most people were trying to encourage me to get a nine to five when I, you know, decided to file for a divorce. Like you have three kids, you have a mortgage, you have a dog, you have a car payment. What are you doing? And, That was probably where I learned to fully, and when I say fully, I mean fully trusting God because nothing around me made sense. And rather than look at my current situation and what I, I'm going to say what my five senses saw, you know, what I could see, hear, smell, touch, and taste, I tapped into my relationship with God and looked at the vision that he had for my life. And I was like, no, he, he he has a greater plan for me. And I leaned on that. I jumped without the parachute (laughs) and learned how to fly on the way down. (laughs) I mean, I I don't recommend that to everyone, but it definitely um, helped me develop my faith and my level of resilience because every time I thought this is it, I'm done. God was like, no, no, I got you. So I feel like in terms of strength and development but like I said, that, that divorce taught me a lot. Um, so becoming a, a single mom and not allowing my present circumstances to define what my future was going to be. And when I did that, I mean, I had just started in real estate. I hadn't even finalized my license at the time and the struggle, I tell you the struggle <laughs> um, for the first eight months where I tried to develop my career as an entrepreneur um, in real estate. The first eight months, most people I believe probably would have given up. I woke up every day and although I was still going through the divorce and it was very, very um, challenging and toxic to say the least. But while I was going through that, still getting up every day, getting the kids off to school, going into the office, Um, You know, trying to find leads, offering to do open houses for experienced agents, doing all of the research and education that I possibly could and coming home at the end of the day and feeding the kids to the point where I would make sure that they ate and I wasn't eating. You know, there were so many sacrifices that were made, but after the first eight months, it was like, it was almost like God said, okay, you've put in the work, you've proved that you want this, I got you. And the taps opened up. And when I tell you the last four months of that year, I sold more real estate than the average realtor sells in all 12 months. And I started hitting award levels. And I started, you know, I started um, getting opportunities in the media and I started I'm going to say helping other people who never thought it was possible for them to purchase homes, to get into real estate and make those, you know, the largest financial decision that they've ever made in their life. But just, it was a complete turnaround from the life that I had been living just a few months before. And I think it was the second year I was in real estate when my sister passed away. And, you know, the dealing with the devastation and grief of that, um, I literally put my business on hold for six months and then had to start back over again. So it was definitely a, an emotional roller coaster. So I know that there's a lot of women that have, you know, become a single mom, and they'll, I'm gonna say, use that as an excuse per se of why they can't do certain things. And yes, everyone is different, everyone's experience is different, everyone's background is different, everyone's Resources and abilities are different. But I also believe that if you want something and you're committed to getting it, you will do whatever it takes. If you are interested in a thing, you will make all the excuses in the world when things get hard. So it's just taking a look at what you want for your life and not looking at the current circumstance. Set that vision for your life. Like Visionary exercises are so important.
1: So resilience truly is your superpower
0: resilience is my superpower. And I did not understand that until about a year ago. I was told by people over and over again, how resilient they believe that I was, but I didn't believe that for myself until a year ago, where I had to actually look at everything that I have been through, everything that I have overcome, every obstacle that God has walked me through and been like wow I am still here I am still sane my children are still healthy I still have a roof over my head I am still making an impact wow I'm resilient
2: <laughs> <laughs> What you reminded me of there is uh, it's actually from a John Maxwell book and I don't remember which one it was but he he talks about being a pastor early on and just having struggles and not really having the faith in himself and wanting to give up and one of his mentors said to him you know basically and I'm going to paraphrase here but you know, if you don't have the faith in yourself, borrow some of mine. Yes. It's kind of the same thing that, that you alluded to there. You had to really lean on what people were saying. People were telling you, you were resilient, but you didn't believe it yourself until, you know, you finally were able to transition into that space where, where you did.
0: Absolutely. 1000%. I can give you a quick story where, you know, after I'm going to say, after I thought I had worked through, you know, the grief of my sister passing away and everything else happening, even when I transitioned from real estate into personal development, there was a point where I was mentoring others and I was, I'm going to say certified by one of my other mentors um, in, in terms of helping people, you know, deal with their mindset. But when I was approached to be a Procter & Gallagher consultant, I was on the phone with one of their, you know, number one sales reps. And he was trying to convince me that, you know, I already have what they believe what it what it took to be one of their consultants. But I was going through um I'm gonna say a severe depression at the time. I was dealing with, you know, a breakup from the relationship after the divorce. And I was I felt like I was struggling in all areas of my life. And when he was telling me that I could do this and I was like, I I really I don't I can't afford, you know, what the the certification, I'm not in the right headspace. I'm not feeling well physically, I'm dealing with health challenges, I gave every excuse under the sun. And when I explain to him that, you know, I had already written my book, Bob's wife, Linda had wrote the foreword for it. You know, we, we had had this conversation and he said, okay, I'm going to call you right back. And he called Bob Proctor, had a conversation with him and called me back within, I'm going to say 30 minutes. And he said, I just had a conversation with Bob and he honestly believes that you can do this. He believes in you. He believes in your potential to be able to help others." And I literally had to borrow his confidence in me in that moment. And that's when I made the decision to take the course, even when I couldn't afford it. But because I made the decision, the resources that I needed came to me. And here we are today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I love that story. <laughs> Thank
0: you.
2: So so as we wrap up, McKinney, can you tell us what's on the horizon for you? What do you have upcoming? What can we watch for?
0: I find that's a very interesting question. You know, sometimes we announce things prematurely and then it's either those things don't come to fruition or, you know, the wrong type of energy connects to it and then it doesn't happen. So I've, I've learned now when people ask me that question, what's next for me leveling up from where I am now? I want to continue to help others to heal. I want to help continue to help others to own their stories and use them to create impactful brands in any way that I possibly can. To all you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And I truly want to thank all of you who have made the show rank in the top 1.5%. Most popular shows out of over 2 million podcasts. Feel free to join the community of Legacy Leavers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkommystilettos.com and you can receive a free trial copy of the Gratitude Journal. Be sure to grab a copy of all my other personal development books available online everywhere. And if you could think of one person that will receive value from hearing my testimony today, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and you can tag Tanya and Brian at Disrupt underscore The underscore Every Day. Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.